Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us uh, wherever you're tuned in this afternoon or online. Welcome to the program. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon. Bob Kelly and Luke, the full gang is here, and we're glad you are too. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com will be doing our Wednesday New Orleans Saints update here in about 20 minutes. Uh, before we get started there, though, we want to talk to you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great supporter of Southern Miss and the Eagle Hour, and a great place for you to cater your next event. Whether it be large or small, Dickie's Barbecue always has a catering plan for you. Can, right. can I just ask a question before we start? Yes. I promise during this hour that I won't slip through anything if you guys are on sure footing there in Hattiesburg. Oh, oh. very clever. Isn't yeah, it? a little isn't passive it? aggressive today. I like that, Luke. So I'm uh, I'm not sure what he's referencing. Uh, there was <laughs> I a, am. There was a baseball game last night, sort of, uh, at the uh, Brave Stadium. Uh, no, there, there wasn't. It, it was, yeah, it was a, never happened. No, it Nobody never knows happened. what happened. Uh, bottom of the fourth, Golden Eagles uh, ahead 2-1. to one. It just got uh, Matt, uh, Matthew Ezel on base with a bunt. And uh, when the Ole Miss pitcher came off the mound, uh, some of the turf came up. He went to the ground, and that was the end of the ball game. So, of course, needless to say, uh, much of what you're – this is shocking to say this, but much of what you're probably reading on the Internet is not true about what happened last night. This was not an attempt for Ole Miss to get out of uh, a game early. This had nothing to do with the Louisiana Tech game earlier this year. So to clarify all of that, I talked at length to Scott Berry this morning, and and guys, here's what he had to say. Yes, this was a mutual decision. When we got to the ballpark, I could tell there were some problems with the field, but since most of the activity was taking place on the infield between the bases and not home plate to the pitcher's mound, uh, you know, we didn't realize how significant the problem would be. But the turf was clearly very, very loose in the infield, presented, we thought, a danger. Uh, He said they had looked at it uh, throughout the game. The officials had brought it to both coaches' attention uh, throughout the game that they were concerned about conditions around first base, third base, and between the pitcher's mound and home plate. It was interesting, guys. Uh, You know, in the inning before, uh, at one point, uh, the Eagles had runners at first and second, and they bunted Danny Lynch and – Looking back, Coach Berry said, you know, he, he popped the bunt up. 
He said if that bunt had hit the ground, the game probably would have ended there because you had to assume that the Ole Miss uh, pitcher would have had the same difficulty getting off the mound. So he did say this was completely a mutual decision. It had nothing to do with either team wanting to uh, not finish the game, obviously. Uh, on another matter, uh, Christopher Sargent did not play last night. He was serving a one-game suspension, but now it's there's uncertainty as to whether or not that suspension will count because of the game not being finished. This is all according to Coach Barry. He said that he had, quote, a handful of players that have been suspended as a result of the brush-up Saturday, uh, but that uh, the rules allowed you to uh, be, you know, be specific into which players would be suspended in which games, and those would be up to the coaches uh, as long as uh, everybody served their suspension. So he he said he would be addressing that uh, in the days to come. Uh, Tate Parker did not play last night. He is he was not suspended. He was being rested. Christopher Sargent was going to serve his suspension last night, and now it's uncertain as to whether or not that suspension uh, will count because of there not being a full game. So in in essence, guys, just a big pile of hmm last night in Jackson over the uh, Ole Miss. It's a, Southern it's Miss a slippery situation. I, I actually put in a call this morning at the Sunbelt Conference and ask really two questions. Number one was, was there official league uh, announcement about who was suspended and why? Second, to, the, to address the uncertainty, that was what went through my mind last night. Okay, if somebody was suspended and Coach Barry said after the game you know, that, that Sergeant was, does it count? Because in, in some ways – the coach did what was right. He he named that, and so for um, for a player to miss a game, and for it to be the conference that decided that the game doesn't count, you would seem it would be pretty pretty harsh. So anyway, uh, going through the proper channels, still waiting to hear back the official word on that. They did confirm over the phone, though, Bob, what you said that that coaches have the freedom. The word that was used was stagger. They could stagger the suspensions if they would. And I would suppose, I'm, I'm not in Scott Berry's mind, but I would suppose that you take advantage of that and, and work those you know, in midweeks rather than conference series. I think that's probably what you're going to see, yeah. All right, Kelly, your thoughts. You're a baseball guy. Should that game have been stopped last night? There time? are so many. Bob, the game should have never been played. All right, the greenskeepers, whatever you want to call them, the uh, – agronomists or whoever who take care of that field should have known from the get-go that that turf did not have a solid enough root system to be able to maintain that type of activity. So the, and that decision is not like it would have been made at six o'clock. You would have known at two o'clock or one o'clock or whatever that the turf, it wasn't ready to play on. All right. So you cost both schools, time and money to get their teams there to play in an unsafe environment. Now, here's if there's a good thing about this, it's that nobody got hurt. Right. Because on turf like that, if it slides underneath you, you roll an ankle, break an ankle, something like that, right. you potentially lose an athlete for the whole year. So both schools are at least sighing a relief that nobody got hurt. But the Mississippi Braves, somebody up or, or whoever's sponsoring this get together between Ole Miss and Southern Miss, they need to have some culpability here as to why well, this game was ever started if the they, field was not in good enough shape. 
the, the the turf was has been put down in what the last two or three weeks because the playing surface was rough, but it wasn't like that when when Southern Miss played Mississippi State. And so David Eckert actually posted some pictures pregame last night, um, and you could guys, it looked like turf, like the different lines of sod were like laying next to each other. You know how on turf you'll have multicolored like you do with rock. the rock. That's how the the sod had not taken. Um, and I tried to. I was trying to be objective. I said. You know, if if it was Sively or Hall or Adams on the mound, and I saw my pitcher, you know, his foot go under sod like carpet, I would have said, yeah, we, we're not going to play this. So, you know, as Coach Barry said after game, is objective. But, but guys, doubling down on the M. Brave stuff, let's just read this for our listeners. This was the official response from the Mississippi Braves after. The game between Southern Miss and Ole Miss tonight at Trustmark Park was canceled due to unplayable field conditions. The game will not be made up due to scheduling conflicts with the schools. Any fans with tickets to tonight's game may exchange the ticket for two tickets to a 2023 Mississippi Braves game this season. The Mississippi Braves regret the outcome of tonight's college game and encourage fans to take advantage of the ticket offer. One problem, guys. What is the cash United States currency difference between those two tickets? I think sixty and ten dollars is what I read. So there's two tickets. That's a hundred bucks difference. You'd have paid a hundred and twenty right. for two games, two and, tickets. And, and, the and last I have to game. believe too that people that that bought those tickets to watch uh, Southern Miss and Ole Miss probably, if they'd have wanted to go see the Mississippi Braves, they'd buy a ticket for that. I don't. I don't think they ever bought a sixty dollar ticket to a college baseball game thinking, well. You know, well, at least I get two ten dollars tickets to the Mississippi Braves. And I mean, and, and you're and you're you're not dealing with teams in the Jackson area. I mean, no. you're looking at people in Oxford and saying, drive two and a half hours for right. twenty dollars. Drive to see a double A baseball game. Yeah, right. d- drive an hour and a half from Hattiesburg. So, Correct. So Correct. it's it's tone deafness on the Braves. So what happened to the turf between the Mississippi State game and this one well, last night? I think night? they put new turf down. They put down new turf down. Then. Obviously. Obviously. But I'm saying they knew when this game was going to be played. They also to. know how long it takes for a root right. system to develop in grass. It I mean, was poorly timed putting the new and turf Scott in. Scott said you could tell when they got there that, that the turf in the infield was dry and and just did not look right, and he said you could see that balls were taking odd bounces, and but it was only after the players actually got on that section of the field that it became apparent that someone was going to get injured if if they continued to do this, or certainly could be. Well, one has to wonder now to what degree the reputation, whatever it was, of the Mississippi Braves has been badly tarnished in this whole deal because in the statement that Luke read said we regret the, the outcome of tonight's ball game. How about we blew it? You know, we, we didn't time we didn't time this very well. We should have said, look, don't bother coming down from Oxford. Don't bother coming up from Hattiesburg. This is just it's not gonna work. How about and, the, how about the baseball fan, Luke, that bought his wife and two kids a ticket? At sixty bucks a pop. At sixty bucks a pop. I, left I read, work early, yeah. ate out, and and they get to watch three innings of baseball. I, I read about a mom. A mom posted on Twitter about how she had paid over two hundred dollars to take her her son first collegiate game and friends, you know, to to see. It's just tone deaf. And can we do this while we're while we're saying the schools, you know, weren't culpable in that way? It's not the city of Pearl, Mississippi either. It's just one organization no, that's exactly that messed right. up. All right, when we come back, happier news. We'll talk about the Saints. That always puts a smile on Luke's face. Eagle Hour continues.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us uh, today. As always, this segment is sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmark. They're on Hardy Street. They're also online at campusbookmark.net, and they are the place to go for all of your Southern Miss apparel. Also want to thank Jana King, the King of Clean, for their sponsorship of our program. The Jana King Clean team has been working 35 years here in the Pine Belt, cleaning places of work, education, medical uh, facilities, eateries, stadiums, and and places of worship. You can go to JanaKingCleans.com and find out how they can help your business today. That is JanaKingCleans.com. Bob, do they plant grass? Chance. I don't think so. I think the Braves are trying to reach out to them. <laughs> they do have a firm grip on the cleaning issue. <laughs> okay. All right. Patrick McGee, NOLA.com, joins us for our weekly Saints update. Before we jump uh, forward to the Saints, uh, Patrick, you cover sports for a living. Have you ever heard of a baseball game being stopped because the field is such in poor condition? I suppose I have, but it's been a long time. Uh, and especially in this situation, um, that's pretty embarrassing. What, uh, somebody, I was talking to my dad a little bit ago, and he said that he heard that maybe they had sodded the field that like in the last week. Uh, th- that's uh, what last, we hear. Last two and week a half weeks, yeah, or last so, couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. Two and a half. I don't know. It's well. The, the, I mean, obviously, somebody just hasn't done their job, or they should have, you know, at least had a report to the schools on what was going on with the field before they went there. They could have uh, moved the game on campus somewhere and just figured out a way to uh, kind of do that. Because I mean, that's an important game for both teams, you know. And, and to lose it like that is pretty pretty disappointing, I know. Could have moved it over to in Smith Wills. Isn't that another yeah. former minor league baseball stadium in Jackson? Yeah, I, they probably wouldn't have. But, I mean, you know, they, they could have at least made sure the game got played. They probably could have moved it to Hattiesburg. Right. Yeah, we'd have been for that. All right. Uh, let, let's move on to the Saints. Uh, league meetings uh, just concluded. Uh, I believe I'm right about that. Anything big out of that, Patrick, that the football fans need to be aware of? Yeah, there's all uh, a whole host of uh, uh, rule changes. Nothing at all dramatic uh, coming out of it. The only thing I think that people were talking about this week is like now a, a play, an individual player can wear the number zero now. Right. So, so you're going to see a rent. But I mean, nothing really crazy. I think one thing they proposed was that to have film reviews of the roughing the passer calls, and that was totally shot down. Uh, so something that makes sense, they didn't really decide to go with. Um, but the Dennis Allen, Mickey Loomis, uh, they both talked with the media and they, they obviously feel pretty good, uh, about what they've done in here in, in the off season so far. And the pieces they've had in place, the most recent was, I think it was Brian Edwards, the receiver spent last season with the Falcons, didn't do much, but he was with the Raiders and Derek Carr, uh, and it proved pretty productive. I think he had like, you know, close to 600 yards receiving one year. He's a bigger, a bigger target, which is what the Saints have been needing on the outside. So I think he's a guy that can provide some depth. But uh, I don't think the Saints are quite done. But I, I think from here on out, probably the, the biggest you know uh, areas of, of that need to be addressed will probably do, be done through the draft. And that's where I was going next, Patrick. Patrick, chronologically, the draft is next. We turn the calendar over here on Saturday, uh, April first. The draft is in is in late April. So now, if you're in that draft room, you know what do you what do you think? And do you, is it what is the possibility that the trades might be active in the trade market? I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to ask the question anyway. Yeah, I, I think the Saints are probably pretty pleased with where they're at right now. 
uh, in terms of, you know, they have been fairly aggressive in the past and moving up. Uh, I would think that a live buzz here recently, I tend to agree with, is that they might look to defensive end fairly early in the draft. Uh, Marcus Davenport is gone to the Vikings. He apparently passed the physical to make sure uh, to make that thing happen. So uh, they've, they've, I think they feel like they've addressed interior and defensive tackle the guys they've signed, which I agree. I think they've done a good job. Um, but I think they need really a, a good guy that can get after the passer and just really be an all-around good defensive end. So I think that's one position. Just through everything they uh, everything they've done up to this point, it would make sense to go get a defensive end. And and for the rest of the draft, they kind of really go to the spots that we've been talking about for for weeks now, whether it's receiver or maybe another running back, um, uh, get a little younger at linebacker or something like that. So. But I think defensive end makes a lot of sense right now. So speaking from a practical standpoint, do you just assume, going into the draft or going into the season, just assuming you're not going to have Alvin Kamara for however many games? Yeah, I mean, they have to, really. Um, I forget exactly when the trial. I think that his the trial is supposed to start right at the start of uh, camp. Uh, so it, so it, it appears he's going to miss a good chunk of camp, and the trial will probably come to an end. Uh, before the season starts, and at that point, the league, you know, or the Saints will come down with some type of suspension. He's going to miss time, uh, and if he's convicted, I mean, heck, I don't know. I, I'm not an expert on those, these things. I wish I had the answer on how much he might miss, but he can miss much more than that, you know. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think they have to assume that they're going to be without Camaro for a significant chunk of the season. Uh, but bringing in Jamal Williams, he's a guy that's perfectly capable of being the guy that can carry it 20 times a game and get involved in the passing game as well. Uh, before I turn you over to Luke, I was just one final question. When you hear about the NFL players getting quote-unquote guaranteed money, I wonder if that is included in any personal you know, misbehavior, like in this case. This is a, this is a major thing that Kamara's being charged with, yeah. innocent until proven guilty. But, I mean, does guaranteed money mean you can do whatever you want and still get paid? I- I don't know. I mean, you don't hear about players like getting fired with cause, you know, like they would with a football coach or something like that, uh, or, or have something in their contract to where they, you know, can pull money back if if there's. I don't know. You know, I mean, it just comes down to the individual contract, I believe. Luke, Patrick. So um, the uh, this the Saints secure. Uh, a solid grip on. Um, I'm sorry, Bob. I just can't ha- handle myself. Um, on <laughs> on uh, the the preeminent quarterback free agent signing. Um, I've been you know reading a lot about how Carr has been in some pretty you know pretty significant conversations with Michael Thomas and Cam Jordan and guys mm-hmm. on the team. I mean that's pretty pretty standard. But it just seems as if you know everybody within the Saints uh, locker room at least really believes. In this, and has really been trying to uh, to get their relationship, you know, locker room relationship started with Carr. Yeah, and I, I think what I'm saying probably, or just kind of from a distance, is saying is I think Carr enjoys being in a in a locker room that's pretty stable. Not everything's perfect. You have the Alvin Kamara situation going on, stuff like that. But every team has some type of issue with juggling. Uh, but whenever you come to New Orleans, you have a staff that's really kind of a good chunk of it's been in place. For a while, especially on offense, Carmichael's been around forever. Uh, Dennis Allen's been there. Mickey Loomis. Everybody's on the same page and gets along. So you're coming into a situation that's really kind of a entirely different uh, deal than what he faced with the Raiders, where it was just constant. 
uh, tumult just on from ownership to the staff to the to the field. It was just really a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of weird stuff that went on that. For the most part, he's not going to deal with the Saints. It's a pretty stable locker room with some leaders already in place with Demario Davis, Davis, uh, Cam Jordan on defense. And you kind of plug him in offense, he kind of feels, you know, you're never going to fill Drew Brees' shoes in terms of leadership. He's that type of guy, you know. He can kind of come in and he's going to be somebody that people look to. You, you didn't really have that in the quarterbacks the Saints have had the last, you know, two years or so. So, it's it's interesting, and I, I think he just watching him and how he talks, he just feels at ease uh, with the Saints, and he feels like he's in the place he's supposed to be. Article out on NOLA dot com today. There is uh, Bob and Luke or Bob and Kelly. I don't know if you know this. There is another Luke Johnson. He's an actual journalist. I just mm. play the part. Mm. Um, Luke Johnson writing at NOLA dot com. Patrick just about how as soon as the Saints signed Jamal Williams, Dan Campbell reached out, and it it just seems as if. You know, a week later, week and a half later, man, the Saints just really landed a gym with Jamal Williams. Yeah, I mean, he's you know, he, he's he's exactly what they needed, and personality wise, and just quality character, he's somebody that really counteracts you know uh, both on the field and off. You know, with Alvin Kamara, he's the perfect complement, and he's a guy that got in the end zone seventeen times last year, rushed for a thousand yards, and I think I've talked we've talked about it before. I don't think the Saints have ever signed. A free free agent running back coming off a thousand yard season. So this is instant productivity. Somebody that can carry the ball and may eventually this season essentially be the number one running back when you think about it. Uh, so yeah, to 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 get this guy is absolutely crucial. And the Saints really they really knocked it out of the park to get this guy because he was wanted by like seven or eight other teams. Good stuff, Patrick. Uh, the Saints are going to be an improved team offensively, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense uh, that that this is going to work. You know, you, you, as long as they stay healthy and have the pieces in place that, you know, if they have those pieces on the field, uh, this is going to be a good offensive team. And they weren't that for much of last season. So as long as the defense holds up in the end of the bargain, the offense right. is on the field and healthy, they're going to be good. But they're not going to take the skirts off the quarterbacks, right? They're still going to They're still going to protect the quarterbacks to the hilt. Yeah, well, I mean, this, uh, that offensive line's got to hold up into, into the bargain, though, also. Uh, they weren't perfect last season. So if the offensive line protects Derek Carr, they're going to be a good good offense. Interesting, interesting you mentioned that, Bob, because the, now that Tom Brady's gone, you know, they – they they might not call or, or might call you know roughing go, the pass or whatever it is. You can yeah. let go now, Kelly. He's gone. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick we always we always appreciate you sliding into this uh, Wednesday uh, segment like oh, you do, and Patrick. always having a firm grasp on all things New Orleans Saints. Patrick, Thanks, buddy. Us, yeah, please, appreciate you guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, Nola dot com been with us since the day we put this show on the air, and we're grateful to Patrick for his weekly contribution. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome back to the show. Don't forget, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you could just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. I want to thank our friends at Fourth Street Bar and Grill for their support of our program right there in the shadow of the rock. 
Great place for you to catch the Troy baseball games. Golden Eagles on the road this weekend. Kind of a distant uh, a visit uh, to another conference school. You can catch every game right there at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Get yourself a great sandwich, a cold uh, Paps Blue Ribbon, or a cold iced tea, whatever you like. They'll have it for you at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly, Bob, Bob's introductions are so seamless. I mean, no clumps. No, no shifts. Well, look, when, when you work with professionals, oh, you get professional results. Man, I'm you know? telling you. Jeff Ferris is a professional. We're happy to say he's a supporter of our program and a, and a great supporter of Southern Miss uh, Athletics. And, uh, and Jeff, I know that uh, you and your company, you had a suite up there last night. And we, uh, you know, we, we were talking a little bit off air about the families that, let's say, a, a young couple with two kids, they pay $60 a, a piece for a ticket. You know, so they're they're two hundred plus bucks in, not counting concessions, not counting taking off work early to get there, and then you arrive at a at a venue that the field is not suitable for play. Multiply that even more to businessmen like you that uh, that really spent some money uh, renting a suite, catering the suite. Your reaction to what happened to you and other fans there from both schools last night. Yeah, Bob, it was very unfortunate. You know, we get there, the suite was dirty also. Um, you spend a lot of money, and you look out on that field, and we started commenting to begin with, the field was painted. I mean, it was unplayable from the word go. They were tamping it. McCants trips going to first, almost breaks his leg. And it was just a safety issue for both. When the play happened, the pitcher comes off the mound, the whole end of the turf flipped up. And so we got, they told us to stay as long as you want. We had just ordered more food for all our guests and everything and the companies that were with us. And they didn't offer, we've heard nothing from them except they were going to give, they would give everybody with a ticket, two tickets to see the Mississippi Braves. We're like, why not the Atlanta Braves? Because the price everybody paid for most of those tickets is equivalent to the Atlanta Braves. And I just, I was really disgusted. I've, I'm not a proponent of playing up there anyway. I think if you, it's the best benefit for both teams, home and home in Oxford and at Southern Miss, where both crowds fill the stadium up. Hard to argue with, and, and both schools, they have a great relationship, uh, Coach Bianca and, uh, and Coach Barry. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, that is, uh, if that's not going to be uh, the, the future. You could tell, Coach Barry told me this morning that when they got there, he could tell that the turf was really dry. Looked like it had almost been seamed together, and that balls were bouncing oddly off of it. Uh, he he had a clue early on it was going to be a problem, and I gather you did too. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you could sit there and look and see that they were working on the field in between innings. When they took infield, you could see our guys slipping a little bit around the infield. It was just a bad surface, and I see people blasting on Facebook and stuff. If you were not there, you don't understand. That was a Sunbelt umpiring crew from what I understood because we're a home team. It's their responsibility because if your son's pitching and he tears his ACL up on a bad playing surface, it's the umpire's responsibility to shut that down. That's exactly. keep those players safety because that game meant nothing. That's exactly what I said earlier, Jeff, the, the injury factor. And, and praise God, nothing happened to, to either team. So, so, Jeff Ferris, you're always very candid in your opinions. Where does – and not, not that it's going to get anything going forward, but whose responsibility should this lay at the feet of? Spectrum, Spectrum Entertainment and uh, Pearls, who we sent our money to, and we're waiting to hear back from them. I emailed Jordan King about it last night, and – like I said, I still hadn't received anything except 
what I saw everybody posting about the two free tickets. That was the only thing we knew. Well, I want to ask you. It to- came out to about 140 a ticket for everybody up there with us. Well, and I want to ask you as a, you know, because some people say, well, why would somebody spend X thousand dollars for a, a booth at a game like that? And it's because what you do then, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, correct me if I'm wrong, but you then give those tickets to businesses that patronize your business. It's a way of giving back to the people who put bread on your table. So even though it certainly isn't your fault, it's nonetheless embarrassing, Yes. No doubt about it. I mean, the people that are in that suite with me, another bank in town, Bank First, the James Agency, uh, multiple people are in there. Um, that's what we do. We go on the road, we pick a game every so often to do that, and we invite guests up there. And when you see that and you come out, two of them came back in the bathroom like, what in the world? Third inning? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking, it had been discussed the whole first couple innings about how ugly the field looked. All right, let's get in here. I know you probably have a, a, a rhyme or two for us. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll, we, we won't move the subjects, but we will shift just a little bit. So, Jeff, were you at the Mississippi State game? I was not. I had to work that night, unfortunately. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think this happened in the last, you know, two and a half weeks, we were told. And, and I, don't, I don't know if, you know, the, the bad weather over the weekend had anything to do with it. But the point is – you're a businessman. You understand things. You just would think that when you know you're going to have, you know, two two teams uh, from the state of Mississippi playing that park, you don't put down new sod two and a half weeks ahead of time. I mean, this is something you do in the off season so that it'll not only be ready for the M Braves, but it will be ready, you know, for for special events like this. No doubt, that's the thing. The guy at the gates one told me that that sod was put down like last Wednesday. They were getting ready for the Braves opening night this Friday. So, I mean, their own people were embarrassed. I mean, don't get me wrong. That is a affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. And what you put out there on that field last night was a total embarrassment for all us people down south that have grown up loving the Braves. Because I know if their front office saw that and got responses back, they wouldn't be real happy. Because, you yeah. know, that's where they've drafted and pulled a lot of players straight up from uh, Jackson in the past to go straight to the big leagues from double a to the big leagues right so yeah it so, was not it was not taken well care of especially right up the road in starville mississippi we have one of the best turf management companies uh degrees in the state and not and probably in the nation as well they could yeah. have come down there like golf courses do call a specialist and say hey what do we need to do yeah so so moving forward because i think this is we were we were shooting the bull with this about uh, off air what, what do you do? I mean, I think it would take a lot. I've seen it from both fan bases. Nobody wants to play there any, anymore. So, I mean, what do you do? Do you go to a two-game midweek, um, you know, one year in Hattiesburg, the next year in Oxford? Do you play one in Memphis at the Redbirds, play the other one at MGM for the Shuckers Park? I mean, I, I want to continue to play Ole Miss in baseball. I agree. I said that. What's the big difference playing a one-game midweek? They drive further places. They drive to Lock Tech or other places. They could come down here and play. We could play one up there and one here. That's what we're doing this year. But in, in all essence, if you want to sit and think about it, we went to Oxford and played. Now they came down to us. What is another hour and 20-minute drive? They're on the charter bus. It's not that big an issue. But it's more money can be made, and it's my opinion, because I have no clue what they pay the universities to come play there. But from a fan and our fan base, it just – 
it was brought up last night. Somebody said, let's go to MGM. But then again, on the other side, I get it. Those are certain alumni that get to go, but your your normal fan base is having to travel again. Right. See a big right. rivalry game like that, in-state rivalry. Right, right. All right, so I guess the question is this, Jeff. Uh, has this soured you on uh, on going up there if this continues next year? Would you be hesitant now uh, for your business to purchase a suite and do all the things that you did for this game uh, in light of what happened last night? That answer still left to be answered. If they make it right, you know, it's like my grandfather said all the time, you can make one person mad, he tells everybody. You make 12 happy, nobody hears about it. <laughs> You know, so make it right. Sounds like he was a wise man. All right, Jeff. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you jumping in and and giving us uh, that insight. That's right. Southern Miss at the top. Thank Uh, y'all for what you do. All right, man. Jeff Ferris, everybody. And uh, nobody really a bigger supporter of the university than that. And here's the guy unhappy. So so what we hear from Jeff is is that the confidence in Trustmark Park and the M Braves has buckled and crumpled. Well, now we we are we are getting word that besides the two tickets for the booth, the people that spent the big money on the boxes, mm-hmm. that they're also going to receive a canned ham. Is that right? <laughs> water, water included, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and Jeff, you great know, great point. Why don't you give them some tickets to see Atlanta's real baseball team play? Well, and and then you you know, you, Jeff said too that everybody left. You know, when the game was called, all this food. Yeah, that they had to, you know. Too bad Did he you say, there. You could have taken care of that. I just he said a hundred and forty dollars a ticket when you count right. the box, the food, and stuff like that. Right. Right. right, right, and and again to be clear, everybody, this is not an Ole Miss thing. This is not a Southern no. Miss no. thing. No. Okay, so so the blame should not be hurled at at the feet of either one of those teams. No. They were simply the participants in this. The decision was made by the Sun Belt Conference officials, supported. Got it directly from him this morning. Supported by Scott Berry and Mike Bianco. End of story. The problem is with the Atlanta Braves organization, not Ole Miss or Southern Miss Baseball. All right, we'll wrap the show up when we come back. Hope you'll stick around. Eagle Hour rolls on on this Wednesday. Happy to have you along, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. For segment, as always, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball season in full swing, softball season as well. DBAT and D1 there for you. Recap last night in the Sunbelt Conference. James Madison defeated George Washington. 8 to 7, Old Dominion fell to Virginia 8 to 1. Georgia State beat Georgia Tech 12 to 11 in Lawrenceville. Marshall falls in Morgantown to West Virginia 9 to 7. 
Troy on the road uh, at Alabama State and Montgomery defeats Alabama State 13 to 10. Arkansas State defeats Central Arkansas 10 to 7. Upset of the night, not really an upset when you've been following their season. Coastal Carolina goes to Chapel Hill and knocks off the Tar Heels of North Carolina 12 to um, 7. Tonight in baseball, Troy at Florida A&M, ULM at Central Arkansas, App State at Queens, Georgia Southern at Georgia, Texas State at uh, Kelly, one of these schools, UTRGV. Uh, that's the University of Texas, Rio Grande University. There you go. What's South Alabama the, down uh, on the Bayou in Thibodeau against uh, Nichols. RPI, guys, uh, pretty impressive with the Sun Belts doing right now. Nine teams inside the top 90. Coastal Carolina at 18. Troy at 27. Old Dominion at 42. Southern Miss at 56. Louisiana at 74. App State at 77. Georgia State at 80. Texas State at 87. Georgia Southern at 89. Yeah, when you look at that, guys, you're like, okay, you know, Texas State, tough. Georgia Southern, tough. Oh, we got Troy. Troy's 27 RPI right now. Well, Luke, did that game last night, or lack of a game, did that cause us to slip in the ratings? <laughs> Eagles, I'll be, I'll be uh, glad when the show's over. Eagles have actually <laughs> anchored um, their their position the last uh, few few days. They, I think they had moved down to uh, to 58. They're back to uh, 56. So uh, no, no real snags. Um, they, but they don't they don't need to slip this weekend. Uh, moving on, moving on, fellows. A uh, big guest tomorrow. Well, first of all, let's say Cliff Russell is going to join us tomorrow. He's going to be in the studio. Cliff's going to start joining us uh, every Thursday to preview the upcoming series. So he'll be here with you guys tomorrow to talk about the uh, Troy series. And then a big, big guest on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Probably, probably the most famous person we've ever had on this show. Uh, and, Al Holder's on the show pretty well. Well, that's true. But I, but I still contend, and I don't want to start any fights here, but I think this guy's probably a little bit, as far as fame goes, a little bit better, a little higher up than Al Holder. We have never on this program ever had a NASCAR driver on this show. But not only do we have a NASCAR driver on this show, we have a Mississippi native NASCAR driver who just happened to win the Daytona 500 this year, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., We'll be on the show tomorrow. So we're... That's good. <laughs> we have a winner. <laughs> hey, he's got connections to Laurel, Mississippi, too. So it'll so, be fun Yeah, uh, to, to talk to him tomorrow. And he's not a Southern Miss guy, but he's a Mississippi guy. He's from Olive Branch, like I said. And, uh, and, and when, when you talk to these famous people, Bob, and you tell them about the ratings of the Eagle Hour that's being downloaded 10,000 <laughs> times a week or something well, like that. Not, let's not get carried away. I mean, it's just amazing. But, but it's, uh, yeah, we're doing it's well. a It's a solid choice. Uh, for a solid show, well done. Hey, well, I want to, boy, listen, and, and and you will not ever slip up by being on this show. You we were the won one him over because the turf is solid. You were the, the one that said you'd be glad when the show uh, is over. I Luke, I wanted to ask you about Coastal because you're always good with pulling up numbers and all that sort of stuff. When I've I've been following Coastal about the past two weeks or so, and if you have these numbers handy, uh, your research department there is so good. How many times in the last five or six games has Coastal put up at least ten runs a game, and how far so back? The wow. Chanticleers. Yes, he knows. The last. Uh, let's see. Um, one, uh, two out of three, three out of four, like four out of four or five out of the last seven. It looks like they've put up at uh, least ten runs, Bob. March fourteenth, twelve. March seventeenth, sixteen. 
March 24th. They blanked Texas State 19 to nothing and then beat them the next day 13 to 6 and put put 12 on Carolina last night. Hmm. I mean, brother, it's like you took a, <laughs> a piece of metal, hit. a stomper and you went out and you just like stomp dirt and sod into the ground. Hmm. That's what they've been doing to people. And we get them in a couple weeks. We play them there too, don't we? Yep. Well, that's even better. It'll make it. It'll make it all that much better for our RPI when we go in there and sweep them. This could be a good RPI weekend this weekend to go beat Troy. Yeah, the shot of clears though. What they're doing offensively is just crazy. I mean, they're just they're just pummeling the ball one through nine. Yeah. I mean, there's just not an easy out on that team. Yeah. The last lesson from last night, uh, Scott Berry, I heard him say last night, and that is, this is why you want turf. Would have never happened with a turf field. What and, happened and I think that investment, you know, I don't know how the numbers crunch, but I think that investment that Southern Miss made has probably already paid for itself. I would think so. All right. Once again, we have the Daytona 500 winner on the show tomorrow, along with Cliff Russell. Did you? Wow. Did you notice what we did there at the end, Kelly? We got into a big conference, a big huddle, and Bob sided with us. He did. We he made gave in. A decision. He Dude, gave I'm in. I'm going to take the day off tomorrow. And um, Kelly and Luke will be here. <laughs> Bob, we'll, we'll, while you're at it, we'll get your two Embraves tickets, and we'll go enjoy a game Thank in Pearls. You. I'm looking forward to that. They might even throw in a canned ham. Good. I'm only going if I get the ham. <laughs> Southern Miss. <laughs> to, to the, the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.